0: We are Unqualified Parenting.
1: We're here to do the work researching topics so that you don't have to. We're a dad
0: and a mom aiming to bring you our own unique perspective from our two very different blended families. Hello, Jen. Hi, Cody. It's been a while. It has been.
1: Let's see, we didn't do our last episode in person. No. But we have a very special episode today. Yes. So we got an early set of the studio and still started to because of me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's okay, because the sound will be beautiful. Yeah.
1: How was your Thanksgiving?
0: It was good. It was weird. It was small, but we didn't get coronavirus or spread coronavirus. So That's the goal. <laughs> That's the goal. That is the goal. How's yours?
1: Very small and yeah. uneventful. Yeah. <laughs> which I absolutely loved. That's good. Yeah, I don't like the big holidays with family. I'm a loner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we have an awesome episode plan. It's with the guest, Sarah Moore, with Dandelion Seeds Positive Parenting, and she's an expert on all things parenting and home learning and play-based education, and she has a degree, and she's taken a bazillion parenting courses.
1: So she's not the unqualified. No. She's qualified. <laughs> yes.
0: Would you like to
2: introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah. I, I I'm not quite up to a bazillion yet. I think that's next week if I keep working on it, but I'll <laughs> I'll do my best for you. You you've given me a stretch goal now. Um anyway, hi. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm Sarah Moore of Dandelion Seeds Positive Parenting. I um spent about 20 years in corporate America before doing the mama thing and Turning my attention toward positive parenting, and essentially got into it because I realized that even though I was perfectly competent in the corporate wa- world, I actually had very little knowledge of how to raise a human.
1: <laughs> they don't. They don't cross. The the like skills don't cross, do they?
2: <laughs> well, you know, I thought they didn't, but as it turns out, all those negotiation classes were actually preparing me for just a much smaller client. Yeah. So. Much know, more demanding. Uh, dealing with
1: Tom and HR was like dealing with a toddler, <laughs> wasn't it?
2: Exactly. Only I found toddlers to be much easier than (laughs) a lot of that. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, I went into the parenting gig feeling like I had a lot to learn and started getting a lot of advice from people, including people like my pediatrician, who I thought should know their stuff and stuff that really didn't resonate with me. And I thought, if I'm feeling out of my depth here, I bet a whole lot of other people are as well. So let me see if there is any research that supports what feels right to my gut and if so i want to share that with people and make other people's journey a little bit easier along the way
0: so do you have a
2: name for that research like what
0: you specifically started going into oh goodness i think
2: the official name is trial by fire Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely didn't call it anything in particular i just you know like for example early on i remember going to my pediatrician and and him giving me advice like when your baby cries don't pick her up it's the worst thing you can do just leave her and throw rocks at her <laughs> yeah like like oh if you want me to just pass out in your office right now i will but that's never going to fly like that goes against every fiber yeah. of my being so I started just researching from a mama point of view of how can I raise my child in a way that feels okay, but I don't feel like I'm going against science and research and all that. So a lot of it just came from my own desire to learn, and I don't know that I have a formal name for the research other than just really wanting to get it right for my own kid, and like I said, making it easier for other people down the road too.
1: I think that's that's a really interesting mindset to go into it as, is how can I do this and feel comfortable Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of like parenting advice that yeah I just don't agree with I just can't get behind but again like you said if you go against the experts how dare you
2: (laughs) right right exactly and what you find if you actually dig a bit is there's plenty of expertise out there that supports the things that do Sit well with us. Sometimes what we come up against is somebody who's just been louder than the rest. And we think just because they've been louder, they must be right. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's some antiquated way of thinking that, you know, who knows how many generations of great, great, great grandparents have been passing down. But there's actually more recent data out there that says, you know, putting your baby out for the saber tooth tiger <laughs> isn't a good idea. You, you don't
0: do that. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've really resonated with the respectful parenting. I feel like when I've done any of my research, that's kind of been what I lean towards. Like respectful, but also that doesn't mean that you spoil the crap out of them and bend over backwards. But you can always show respect, even if they're smearing their own poo on the wall. <laughs>
2: I like you already, Jen. Yeah, <laughs> That's my song and dance. It's all about respectful, you know, mutually, mutually respectful parenting. Where yes. We're respectful towards the child. And then that in turn creates natural respect from the child. It's, it's a beautiful win-win situation.
1: And what's great about that is there's no give and take. It's give and give. Yeah. yeah. That's
0: nice. It's a good way to look at it. I love that. Yeah, that's kind of why we started this podcast because like I was so new to parenting and I wanted so much to research so many things and I knew I wouldn't like have the time or put it as a huge priority because I work full time. But if I had a podcast, then it would kind of force me to do the research
2: and to know it really well. Exactly. Yeah. That was a lot of my journey too, because especially, you know, it's like, I'll create a little Facebook page and next thing you know, oh, I've got a couple of hundred people I've never met paying attention to what I say. I better know what it is I'm talking about. Uh, Well,
0: I have some listener questions that were sent in and a lot of these are based on because, because of COVID and everything, like e-learning has become such a huge thing. Whereas in the past, like not, not most people did at home learning for anything. Like they just relied on traditional school and going to school. But you, you've always raised your daughter uh, as a home learner, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah. We definitely did some hybrid stuff. Like we have been a part of various cooperative schools that some of them are called and, you know, basically schools where the parent can show up sometimes too. Um, but not just on a drop-in like, you know, mama right. comes in for story time basis. It's more like you come and you help for the day or maybe you attend like every time your child goes. There are all sorts of gradations of it. So we've we've done things where we have been exposed to other humans, but we have <laughs> um, done it all in a way that works with a palm schooling model as well.
1: So, so what kind of led you toward that path? I, I imagine it's a lot of you know, making a change and seeing how the child reacts to kind of lead you to that realization that, hey, we're going to do a hybrid model that works for them, and this is how it works.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it came fairly naturally to us. I mean, I, I first of all, was not at all the parent that I thought I would be when it came to school. Like I went to a brick and mortar school myself growing up. I had a relatively positive experience there except for, you know, a few horrific years here and there because I'm human. And yes, exactly. Yeah. Other than K through 12, it was fantastic. Um, (laughs) Now, generally speaking, I had a pretty good school experience. So I always thought for sure I'll send my kid to a school just like I went to and it'll be grand. But When I actually had my child and we did some different types of cooperative school learning and, you know, different places where she could be exposed to a school environment at an early age, it really wasn't a fit for her. She did fine. But she wasn't enjoying it like I hoped that she would. So part of it was her enjoyment, or lack thereof, that made me think, yeah, maybe this isn't the best match. Um, Then we were also moving quite a bit at the time, and I didn't want to be enrolling her and unenrolling her repeatedly, especially as a little kid trying to get any sort of stability in this thing called life. And then finally, we decided to world school for a while. Which world basic, school? World school, yeah. Like you I throw
0: them out on the, on the street and the, the world, world can teach them its lessons?
2: lessons. <laughs> 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 Pretty much, yeah. You, you do get them snacks, so don't forget the snacks. Just yes. throw some snacks <laughs> out
1: there. <Or> carrot <laughs> slices. Get the hell out of my house.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, we, we decided that if we were going to be homeschooling anyway, we might as well take our show on the road and go travel a bit. And there was nothing my kid couldn't learn about you know, history, math, science, English, you know, foreign language, you name it, um, in one country versus another, it was all going to apply. So we didn't necessarily buy a lot of books or heavy things to lug around. But particularly in her earlier years, even though it works for later years, too, it was a great way to really create the kind of life that we wanted to have, um, rather than feeling like we had to be sitting still behind a desk all the time. So it was a really natural fit for us to continue the journey upon which we had already embarked.
1: That's awesome. So this listener has a middle schooler, which could absolutely be me. And they ask, how do I offer help to my child with their schoolwork in a positive way? Because I'm sure around your house, and I mean, your kids are a little bit younger, but generally around your house, like helping a middle schooler is not easy
0: no they get frustrated very easily
1: they get frustrated they've changed math so parents are getting frustrated right how do we do this in a positive way Sarah
2: yeah that is a great question (laughs) because there is so much going on in the middle schoolers brain as it is i mean it's i'm big i'm practically an adult and yet i'm still so little like i was just playing toy trucks what feels like last year so it's this incredible angsty time (laughs) that middle schoolers have to begin with so asking for help is not something that will come naturally to to a lot of them because they're going to feel incompetent. Like, you know, I'm so close to adulthood. I'm so close to my teenage years. They're just around the corner. Asking for help isn't really something they do, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of it comes down to recognizing the subtle cues of how they're asking for help. A lot of times it isn't going to be Hey, mom, dad, I'm having trouble with this, you know, assignment. Can you lend me a hand? It's going to be things like, I'm so tired, or can I have my 25th snack of the morning? Or, <laughs> you know, it's going to be procrastination. It's going to be something that is giving them a reason. And I'm not calling it an excuse by design, it's just a reason why they feel like they can't get into it right now. So, first of all, knowing to look for Those subtle requests for help, the ones that aren't going to be overt, is going to be really important. And then number two, because the child in middle school is going to be back and forth between I'm big, I can conquer the world, and I'm little, I need help tying my shoes, like that sort of back and forth mentality, it's touching base with the child and not making assumptions about what it is they need and what it is they're asking for. So best way you can do that is engage in open-ended dialogue with them. That sounds trite and cliche, but sitting down and saying observational statements like, I've noticed you don't seem to be getting into your assignment today. What's going on? You know, and just leave the door open for them to share with you whether it's an academic problem, like I don't understand how this assignment works. Can you take a look at it with me? And they might not ask. They might say, I don't understand. And then you can offer, would you like me to take a look at it with you? Or they might say something because, you know, because all the emotional stuff is still going on for middle schoolers as well, Mm -hmm. even if they're not sitting in school. It might be something like, this teacher isn't nice. This teacher is not kind to me and I don't like her class. You know, it's just an emotional part of it. And if you can get to the root cause of what's behind whatever resistance there is. That's probably the most positive way you can support your child and just not make assumptions and really get to the root cause of whatever it is that seems to be the holdup for them. Mm.
1: You know, I, I always stumble backwards into these like solutions. Like always, just fall backwards into them. Once I stopped asking my daughter, did you do all your schoolwork? And instead ask, what did you have today that you needed help on? It's been a lot better.
2: That's good. That's mm-hmm. good. Absolutely. Yeah. Because the first one, I mean, you can remember how you would have felt if a parent would have asked you that. One feels like like another grade, like another check oh, in yeah. with, did oh, you yeah. do what you're supposed to do? Like, are you are you up to my standards today? <laughs> Whereas the other one feels like an invitation to share something, right, with learn. you. Learn. Learn. It's yeah. An invitation mm-hmm. to, learn. to learn.
0: Yep. Um, so the this other question that we I was gonna ask earlier, but um my friend has a kindergartner, so she's never been in traditional schooling. She's only been e-learning because of COVID. So a bunch of her classmates are in class, but her mom's a nurse, she's on the front lines, so she doesn't want to send her daughter to risk, you know, even more coronavirus possibly, passing it to her mom. Um, but she has these board tests over Zoom or when the teacher is asking her a question where she can see people in the background looking at her. She can see her teacher looking at her and she's never really met these people in person and she completely clams up even though she knows the material. She's a very bright girl. She's usually pretty social, but she just totally clams up. So my this listener was asking, how do I increase her confidence so that she doesn't clam up in these school
2: meetings? Mm, My heart breaks for that little girl. That is such a hard situation situation to be in. And I'm so thankful to her mama for being a nurse because my goodness, we need them more than ever right now. So I just wanted to put that out there. Thank you for all you medical workers. Um, I think the first thing we can do is to know that even under the best of circumstances, there are going to be five-year-olds, there are going to be kindergartners who simply do not like having all eyes on them. So it might be exacerbated by the fact that she hasn't been in the classroom with these other students and this teacher, but it might also be part of her natural disposition. She might need time to warm up before she feels comfortable speaking in public. And that is perfectly developmentally normal. I realize that that doesn't solve the problem of how do we get her to talk. But I think it's really important for parents to know that five is still really, really, really young to be asked to perform on command, basically. Mm -hmm. So... Try not to worry too much if this is your child who isn't jumping in when they're told to, because even in person, a lot of us much older than five weren't the first ones to raise our hand, didn't like being called on. There are plenty of highly sensitive or introverted or otherwise, you know, socially anxious, whatever the case may be, children who simply don't thrive when all eyes are on them. So it might be about overall comfort with, you know, being spoken to and responding and that sort of thing. So some things she can do would be to give her opportunities to chat with people over the computer you know, or over FaceTime or whatever it is mm. when it's not a school setting. So maybe, yeah, maybe there are a couple of other kids in class who she might have a virtual play date with. And even if they do nothing but hold up their dolls or hold up their toy, whatever it is, and show them, even if they don't talk, you know, keep in mind, that's not really something the five-year-olds do naturally. Like talking to a screen isn't natural for many of us who are way over five years old, mm. but just get her comfortable engaging with the screen in the first place. And if she has a comfortable friend on the other side of the class, maybe she has a one-on-one conversation with her teacher If her teacher is up for it, I realize teachers are stretched super thin right now, but maybe if the teacher is willing to have some one-on-one calls with her so she feels comfortable at least talking to this woman,
0: Mm.
2: you know, something she can do to help get comfortable with the venue, something I've done with my own child that I can share is my child took a um, an online class with a girl that she knows from across the country where we used to live. And my daughter wasn't comfortable. My daughter's not five anymore. She's older, but she still didn't necessarily want to talk in front of all of these strangers, some of whom are making up goofy and inappropriate <laughs> names to call themselves. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's all so awkward. But when the teacher wanted her to answer something, I would sit there with my daughter. I wouldn't leave her and go in the other room and do whatever I was going to do. I gave her the physical support of, you know, having my leg up against hers as she was on her Zoom call. And then when it was her turn to talk, I would remind her, hey, remember your friend, and I would name the friend, your friend so-and-so is in that classroom. Pretend you're talking directly to her. And what do you know, she got much more comfortable because, first of all, she had parental support, not being, you know, left alone to do this big, scary thing over this odd contraption in front of her. And she also had someone to connect with on the other side who she knew was a real person.
0: Yeah, I could see that being very powerful to have the parent sitting next to you. Because I'm sure a lot of the time the parent is also behind the screen, like, indicating, like, just talk, like, trying to <laughs> wave at them and tell them what to do. And it's just another pair of eyes on them waiting.
1: You know, I don't know, I don't know if I could do school through Zoom the way that kids are today. Seeing everyone stare back at <laughs> you, you know, all so day. So weird. Like, I don't even share my video at work when we do, like, work calls. <laughs> like, there's no way I'm doing that. That's right.
2: You know, and something else you might try, too, which also works for adults, by the way, you know, if you decide that you want to share your, your work Zoom self with others, <laughs> is it is perfectly awkward to be sitting still as if you are at a desk, mm-hmm. you know, in a classroom with this giant screen in front of you. What might be more comfortable for a lot of kids is get up, move your body, stand five feet away from the screen if you want to, you know, stretch, like bounce on a yoga ball if you have to. It's really helpful to incorporate kind of a multi-sensory experience because that's calming and grounding. And especially with Zoom, we have the freedom to move our bodies a little bit, and yet we pretend like we don't. Yeah. But movement can be really helpful for kids, too.
1: Yeah, I, can, yeah, see I can see that for sure, getting rid of some of that energy, energy, you know, getting your, get your brain, brain focused, focused on walking around so, around so you can, can focus, focus on listening
2: as a teacher. hmm Exactly.
0: That's really good. Yeah. Don't have to. Um, we have another listener question. She hates how structured school is, how much homework there is. And she has a a son, a toddler, and she wants to do more play-based education at home. Like she doesn't even want to enroll him in kindergarten. She wants to teach him kindergarten and then maybe enroll him in first grade. Um, But she wants to know, like, how do you go about finding more information on doing that play-based
2: education at home? Sure, absolutely. Well, first thing I want you to know is that's totally what we did. So I can speak from experience and say it can work great. Um, Your best resource is going to be your child. You don't need to worry about a curriculum at that age. You don't need to worry about are they learning enough? Because there are so many studies showing that play truly is the best way for children to learn that honestly who cares if they can you know spell cat in five different languages by the time they're six years old what matters more is do they know how to have some fun and make learning something that is meaningful to them because if they like learning they're going to want to keep learning If we come at them too strongly with, here are the things you must do, they're going to develop an aversion to it. Mm -hmm. So especially during those younger years, if your child does, quote unquote, nothing but play, I jump for joy. That's exactly the right thing for them because that's how their brains are creating new synapses, new connections of how the world works. And especially if they develop an interest in something, like let's say the child really gets into dinosaurs or outer space or whatever it may be, get all the books you can on that stuff because if they can, you know, specialize in the way that little kids often do. They will pick up so much in their vocabulary. They will pick up so much in the subject matter. But obviously you can't read a book about dinosaurs without learning some things about pronunciation. (laughs) And you can't read about the solar system without learning a whole lot of other science, plus English, plus all these other things, just by having fun.
0: So I have a question on that for my, I have a two and a half year old daughter. And she's in an intro to preschool class. Um, and then she, because she's the only girl at uh, my friend's house who teaches preschool. Um, or sorry, she's the only full-time kid. Like she has her Monday through Friday, 40 hours a week while I go to work. She has her and her son that are pretty close in age. And so my daughter, Finley, she gets to go to intro to preschool which is two to three year olds, and then preschool, which is three to five year olds. And the preschool teacher said that my daughter, even in the normal preschool class, is like one of the most focused kids when it comes to worksheets. She loves tracing, she loves painting, she loves like trying to write letters. Like for her age, she is extremely focused and it's really rare, I think. So I want to like help nurture like that artistic expression that she's showing, but I don't want to like overdo it either because she seems to really enjoy all these worksheets and stuff. And even when she gets home, she asks to color or to paint. Um, Do you think signing her up after COVID and everything, like for a pottery class or something like that, do you think that a toddler is too young to be taking those extracurricular activities classes that are going to require, like, weekly commitments?
2: I don't think so. I think you're doing a great thing by following her lead. And if it's something she enjoys, by all means, nurture it. At the same time, if... There is a week where she doesn't feel like going, or doesn't feel like doing the work, or doesn't feel like whatever. One of the biggest we can, one of the biggest gifts we can give that child as a parent, is to not drive home the sense of responsibility or urgency or the need to follow through or, you know, some, that dedication stuff that we start talking about when children get older.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, she's little, so if there's a week where she's not feeling it. Let it roll right off of you. Okay, great. Maybe we'll try next week. Okay. Because, you know, a lot of us get sucked into, oh, but we signed up for it. And because we paid for this many weeks, (laughs) we have to do this many weeks. Yeah. That's the quickest way for a lot of kids to go, oh, this used to be fun, but now it feels like (laughs) pressure.
0: Yeah, and. I kind of felt like that with her swimming lessons when she was little. Cause I didn't want her to do it anymore. I didn't feel like the teacher paid enough attention and she kept falling under the water oh no. and the teacher would glance around and then realize she was gone. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> She's like, just get my baby.
1: As he looks at you, he's like fifth one this week. Yeah. This is rough week.
0: And of course it's like a 16 year old that's teaching the class and I told Steve like, I'm having nightmares about my baby drowning. Like I don't want her to go, but we spent the money. And my husband's like, it's not a waste. If we already spent it, it's already gone. You forcing yourself and going and letting her get way too comfortable in a swimming pool where she's just constantly falling under because she knew like someone will pull me out, which is not a good thing for a baby to learn. So I just stopped going and wasted like three weeks, but it, it wasn't really a waste because I didn't have nightmares about her <laughs> drowning anymore.
2: I would call that a win, Jen. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I think that was all our questions that we had. Did you have any personal ones, Cody?
1: Um, no, I think I, I had one, but I think Sarah answered half, the, the important half of the question. <laughs> not the not the dumb half of the question. <laughs> So no, I, I'm actually speechless.
0: You learned so much.
1: I learned so much.
0: I took <laughs> notes. I see that. That's awesome.
2: Oh, good. I'm good
1: at writing notes.
2: So. <laughs> good. Were they on this conversation or anything else?
1: They were on this one. I liked. <laughs> I liked what you said about and whether this goes on the podcast or not. Us talking right now, but I liked how you said that. Most, like, middle schoolers and teenagers, they feel incompetent as an adult. Like that. Like, of course they do. Like, <laughs> I never would have thought about it like that. Like, we're trying to major them up to our level. Right. Mm-hmm. But we're not letting them make any of the same mistakes. Like, my daughter asks me for snacks all the time. And I say, no, no way. You didn't eat your dinner. <laughs> and then when she's in bed, I've got a tub of ice cream downstairs, <laughs> and I'm going to town. You know, but she doesn't know that. I don't tell her that, <laughs> look, your dad has weaknesses, just like you have weaknesses.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that's tricky territory for sure, because obviously we want to respect the kid's body and all that, you know, and their, their own knowledge of whether they're hungry. But by the same token, it's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's like we, we are, we're like, we're not hobbits here. We're not having second dinner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You've never been to my house.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> Not knocking it. Now I like you even more after you made that
1: reference.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, good.
0: Do you do you have any other uh, surviving e-learning during pandemic advice for the listeners before we cut to our segments?
2: You know, I think the best advice that I can give to parents for e-learning right now is, I mean, it's a couple of things. First of all, always prioritize mental health over quote-unquote academic success you know your child is not going to fall behind if they need a mental health day now and again or a mental health week like that has to come first and there are so many studies up right now about how kids are suffering because they're feeling too much pressure and frankly that's not a good place to be so if we can take some of the pressure off kids And say, you know what, today or this week or whatever, we're going to take a break and we'll start fresh next week. Like that might be the best gift you could give your child for their mental health. And that's totally okay. They can, they can and they will catch up. Like there are so many systems in place to help do that, including, you know, YouTube videos, the parents, whatever. So there are always ways to catch up. And secondly, and I'll make it my last point too, because I don't want to talk your ears off, but. Mm definitely with e-learning we have a unique advantage over traditional brick and mortar schooling and that this is a great opportunity for us to look at our kids and learn how they learn best Mm. and we can look at what the schools are telling us our kids should know and how they should know it but if we can look at our child and say you know what like, for example, if I know that my kid really loves reading, maybe I can get him an interesting historical fiction book or, you know, history book or something where they still get to read about it rather than having to, you know, click through this online whatever that isn't really reading. Like, they can still assimilate the information that they would have had to, but in a way that's more meaningful to them. Mm.
1: Yeah. My daughter my daughter was struggling with reading this year because they had to read online. They had to read through whatever their school reads through. And we just went and bought the book. <laughs> I was like, this is stupid. Like, go, go read. She has a special reading chair in her room. Like, yeah. Exactly. Go, go do it the way that works.
2: Exactly. Yeah, and the same is true for pretty much any subject. Like, you know, if your child's an auditory learner rather than, you know, a, a visual learner then, you know, find a find a podcast, find like a, you know, some sort of auditory documentary version of whatever it is that they can listen to instead of having to read about it. Like, you know, this is the time to be flexible. This is the time to find out what works for your kid and do that thing. There's no curriculum that is a one size fits all. So with e-learning, go with the flow, trust your kid, and you will never regret the time you invested in seeing who who they really are and what they need above and beyond what any curriculum would ever say they should do wise
1: words
0: yeah awesome advice i
2: did my best
0: (laughs) (laughs) do you do you have some time to do some segments with
2: us or do you gotta head out i'm good if you are yeah i'm happy to keep going (sighs)
1: segments all right, Sarah, welcome to our segment round. It's like a game show, it feels like
2: right now. Welcome welcome north. to the
1: segment <laughs> round. Yeah. Take it away, Sarah.
2: All right, so we were in Portugal at the time. Now, keep in mind, I don't speak a word of Portuguese. Actually, that's not true. I can order ice cream in Portuguese. <laughs> I've got the, the important, important stuff down, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but that's about as far as I can go. So we are in Portugal at the time, and we were in an Airbnb. However, our daughter had figured out, she was probably five or six at the time, and she had figured out how to go out the front door. Oh, nice. Pretty awesome life skill when you are in a foreign country and don't (laughs) speak the language. So... Anyway, I think I'd been in the kitchen or doing something where my attention was otherwise occupied. And I realized it had been a while since I'd seen my kid. And you, you know that feeling where... Mm, the worst feeling. Yeah. Ever. You know, it's like unnervingly quiet, which shouldn't phase me that much because, like, my kid likes to read. That's quiet activity. But this was one of those, like, maternal instinct, it's too quiet. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you can hear, like... the. The, you know, ominous music oh, playing. We like call that, that trouble Quiet. Yes, yes, exactly. So I realized it would behoove me to start looking for her and so I started walking around and went towards the front door looked realized huh it's locked but i think it locks behind her automatically so you know dear god please don't let the child be wandering wandering the streets of portugal like we we don't know what to do yeah exactly also locked out and possibly naked you know you never know um Yeah. So I started going into panic mode and was looking all around the, like the upstairs area of where our front door led out to, didn't see her, went back inside, thought, okay, nope, she's not in the living room, TV's not on, not in the bedroom, not in the bathroom, like I'm searching everywhere. And finally, went to look for my keys so that I could leave and start the concerted effort, like grand Portuguese search, you know, of, of search party of two, like my husband and me, <laughs> and um, ran back into the back bedroom to get my keys and realized, oh, wait a minute, there she is, sitting in the middle of the bed in the back bedroom, and what is that she's doing? She just folded all the clean laundry. What? <laughs> you are lying. This is lying. This is how I know. This isn't real. it was so humbling and she just looked at me and smiled and suddenly like the jaws music turned into like the angels singing
1: as she's got like a dead body under the bed
2: (laughs) (laughs) but no she was you know honest to goodness truly folding all the laundry so (laughs) So i was like oh you're not in the portuguese wilderness life is good (laughs) it was a very happy ending to that story. Jeez, that would be scary. Yeah, I would die.
1: (laughs) Well, I think that was good. I'd say that's a one-up. I'd give you a one-up. I'm going to give you a (laughs) one-up. That's our one-up sound. All right, Jen, you want to go next?
0: Sure. Uh, I have a one-up.
1: Okay. Do you want to explain the one-up?
0: It's where you did something awesome as a parent. (laughs) And a game over is where you failed. (laughs) So um, my stepdaughter, who is 11, she gets so hyper around the holidays. She gets just so show-offy, talkative. Oh, I remember. And every every holiday, like it's like clockwork, like you can see it coming. So uh, my husband and I were playing a game with her, and she jokingly, like, Like, because she lost, so she jokingly, in air quotes, shoved the board game across the table and then knocked all of her pieces onto the floor and then threw herself onto the floor face down. That was a funny joke. And I could tell she was, like, doing it, like, with a smile on her face, like, trying to be funny. And we're like, you have to clean all of those up now. (laughs) And... Of course, she pretended like she couldn't find one when it was in her hand the whole time and like just kept dragging it out. And I'm like oh my gosh like stop so i i went upstairs and i was really frustrated and i'm like i hate when she gets like this around the holidays because it's like every time and like we don't feed into it we don't give it negative attention we don't give it positive attention we just like very matter-of-factly like oh you knocked those on the floor you have to clean them up now but like nothing fixes this problem so i could feel myself like Pushing away from her like that aggravated, like I don't want to be around her. But I know she's kind of been having issues with her mom too. And so I thought, okay, if I feel like I want to push her away, now is probably the time. where I need to be closer to her. Cause maybe she's showing off because she feels like there's so much going on. Maybe she's not getting enough attention. We're right. focused on Thanksgiving dinner. We're focused on making the plans. We're focused on decorating the house. So I thought long and hard, like what's something we have in common? Oh, we both love the office. We both love scary movies. So I went downstairs and I sat on the couch and I said, so who's your favorite office character? Come sit next to me and she snuggled right up next to me and we ended up talking for like a half hour no screens just talking and she was totally chill and the rest of the night she didn't act up at all she was like normal her like she normally is when it's not crazy show-off times and it like i think that she needs that during those times she needs like that connection and that bond to not feel like we're so preoccupied and she's going back and forth during the holidays. Yeah. And I feel like I fixed it. Finally, <laughs> after like six fucking years.
1: <laughs> I'll give you a one-up on that. Thanks. That feels good. It was. Now you got to keep it going. hmm <laughs> And Yay. there's the trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so what was her favorite office character?
0: She likes uh, Dwight and um, Jim. Like the combo.
1: Yes. Did I tell you that the other day at the dentist, someone told me I looked like Toby? No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like in the chair. She's got her fingers in my mouth and she's like, did anyone tell you, you look like Toby from the office? i was like, you don't tell someone that. <laughs> That's Toby's what you say when they leave. You're like, wow, I guy look <laughs> like Toby from the
0: office. For the record, I've never thought you look like Toby from the office.
1: Thank you. If anything, I'm an Oscar. Oh, you <laughs>
0: better. Yeah. you're not white and blonde
1: yeah i have a one-up that's going to sound so much like a commercial Sweet. and i'm okay with that because jen and i are very straightforward that we don't have commercials no one pays us
0: yet <laughs>
1: yet and when it when it comes time for commercials we're gonna let you know We're going to have, like, all the commercials. (laughs) So, struggled with my daughter with her school throughout the first term. Like, really stayed on top. Look, you got to get your grades going. You got to, like, stay on top of this stuff. And, like, we fought about it all term. Well, we had parent-teacher conferences. And every single teacher said, you're doing way better than everyone else. The average grade for all of our classes was a D. For all the other students wow and she's like a's and b's and her teachers are like wow like you're attending every day and you're like turning your stuff in and doing that and i was like okay i need to chill because if the average is a d that means that <laughs> everyone's struggling everyone's yeah. having a hard time so you
0: think that'd be an indicator to the school to maybe <laughs> no
1: i think like it's it? across the board all the schools
0: yeah, so like maybe lighten up,
1: like yeah, lay stop, off the homework a little stuff. bit. Yeah, if if your average grade of your students is a D. Take a hint. Yeah, just assign less and they'll all have A's. I like the way you're thinking. Yeah. Don't assign anything give everyone A's.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: <laughs> all right. At the same point, we're really struggling with my daughter on like not having potty accidents because i have struggled with that forever and like doing her chores and helping out around the house well, I was late one night eating my tub of ice cream after putting her to bed
0: what hungry, grade is she in by the way and i will think you verify it, or she's
1: in seventh grade clarify. so she's middle school and an ad came on the tv for green light you've probably seen the ads it's like a debit card for tweens i've seen them so i'm like this is it this is my solution This is my solution to everything because I've always promised her allowance, but I've never pulled through on it because I never have cash. But if I get this debit card, I can set it up to auto load from my bank account into her debit card that she can spend anywhere. Mm. So I sat her down. I said, Hey, Aubrey, this is what we're going to do. You're on your own with school. I'm not going to be on your back. I'm not going to be, you know, staring you down every day, making sure you got everything done. If You need help with anything need help organizing, if you need help getting supplies, buying a book, if you need me to teach you math, if you, whatever you need, I'll help you, but I'm not going to be breathing down your back. Also, you're getting $10 a week now. That's your payment. Like in advance for being respectful in the home. Hmm. So I told her respect is something that you give without question. You give people your respect. So I said, I'm going to give you my respect by giving you $10 a week to just do good in school, help out around the house, and do your own laundry. Mm. And she has been amazing since. It's probably been about four weeks. Wow. Every day she asks, Hey, is there something I can do? Is there something I need to do to help out? She'll start loading the dishwasher, unloading the dishwasher. She's staying focused in school. And every week that 10 bucks kicks in and it kind of like renews it.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. And I'm winning. Yeah. I wish my kids did their own laundry.
1: <laughs> well, and the other thing that's nice, I was telling my wife, Mikkel, that ten dollars is what I'd normally spend on Aubrey in a week, just on like random stuff. That now I don't have to because Aubrey can spend it on her own.
0: Because mm-hmm.
1: you know what tweens love doing? Shopping using their own debit card.
0: Oh, I bet.
1: So I, I feel like I've figured this out. Like this is our last episode of the podcast. Like, <laughs> like this is all you We're need to do as a parent now. Yeah. That's awesome. And you can set up like, like she has like a savings account attached to it and you can set it up to say, all right, you're going to get 30% interest a month on any money you put in savings, but it has to be in there for a full month. They learned savings.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. That's awesome. It's great. Way cool.
1: And she's like planning to use her own money to buy her friends Christmas presents. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. It's like, there's been a big change and it's just like, respecting her first and understanding like what her motivations are.
0: Yeah. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. So I think I'll give you one up. Thank you. All right, folks. I think that does it for us today. We want to thank our special guest, Sarah for dropping in and helping us kind of figure out this, this online learning thing and at home learning and school learning and trying to figure out how to listen to our kids to give them best what they need.
0: And you can find her on Instagram at Dandelion Seeds Positive
2: Parenting. Actually, Dandelion Seeds Positive Living on Instagram because parenting wouldn't fit. (laughs) (laughs) Everywhere else, Dandelion Seeds Positive Parenting. And my website is dandelionseeds.com. There is a hyphen in there. So dandelion-seeds.com. And I'm giving away a free parenting mini course right Ooh. now. You've, I've got like more than 20 topics, I believe. And you can yeah. pick whatever one speaks to your heart. And I've, I'm doing all sorts of expert interviews and stuff. I know a lot of people are doing summits right now. and making people pay for expert advice and expert conversations, and I'm just giving them away like the candy right now. So. That's awesome.
0: I noticed on your courses, um, I are they video courses? I couldn't quite tell on the brief time I was on
2: your website. Sure, yeah, they are video courses. Um, some of them have subtitles as well, so if somebody needs to be on mute, they can be on mute. I'm getting around to getting subtitles on the rest of them but they are quick little videos and I will forewarn everybody. They're intentionally short because I realized none of us has a three hour segment to sit down and (laughs) learn anything. So they're made for people like you and me who might have like five, 10 minutes here and there to kind of get some quick tips and then move on. Um, I think the longest few are maybe 20 minutes and I am super real. Like I may or may not, you know, look the most professional because I'm busy taking care of a child here myself. I'm yeah. just like I, I want to be like, you know, your buddy who you can go to for questions rather than here I am in a suit that I put on like once a decade. Nope, that's <laughs> just not me.
1: Well perfect. Awesome. We are going to send our listeners your way for sure. Well, I think that does it for us today. Um yeah, tell your family and friends to listen. Like, subscribe comment wherever you find social stuff that's where you'll find us
0: if you want to email us any listener questions or suggestions it
1: sounds like we're doing this for the first time (laughs) all right folks if you've enjoyed this first time we've ever done an outro before
0: are we starting over (laughs) no i'll just
1: i'll cut it all together hello (laughs) (laughs) all right good night folks can do your thing.
0: No, because we're gonna tack this on in the beginning. No, and do I it again. Said do it again. You absolved the fortnight of parenting.